I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're the, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds. Nerds. Bum, bum, bum. Nerds, I have some exciting news to share. We are now offering a monthly subscription service for our listeners. For the low price of $2.99 per month, subscribers will gain access to two bonus episodes and an invitation to a Zoom gathering. Additionally, subscribers who sign up for our email list are eligible to be entered into a monthly prize drawing. So what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the episode description today to get started. Nerds. 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 <laughs> we are here with the inimitable. I like that word. I use I use that maybe too much, but the inimitable Elijah Miller. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a couple months. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, man, like we're excited to have you on again. Um yeah. uh, we talked about doing this uh last time, by the way nerds um if you haven't listened to the first episode where we interviewed elijah miller you know we got into more of like his backstory and uh just yeah like how he got into art and, and all of that and uh yeah go check that out just uh, it's a couple months back in our in our podcast history um but yeah so he's here to give us an update on how things are going and uh talk comics this is comic book week so that's kind of our main focus. Ah, comic book week. Comic book week, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, this season we've been been trying kind of that that flow of like sci-fi, comic books, anime, and then movie of the month has kind of been our mm. schedule flow. So that's been an experiment this uh this season. Okay. But yeah, man. Elijah, how how you doing, man? How's how's life? Well, I mean, it's pretty interesting right now. Um to be honest, it's definitely been uh, quite a journey, you know, since the last time. But um, art is art's doing a whole lot better. Um, I feel like I, I, I tell this to people a lot when um, like I've been talking with my friends or, you know, family lately. But, you know, for I mean, at least a couple months now, maybe. You know, maybe even like just starting like a couple months into this year or last year, it's like I'm kind of at a point where the art is really, I guess, business-wise, like paying for itself. Like it's kind of getting to that point of being self-sustaining. And Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, the experience of that has just been like, um, just pretty interesting, like watching it happen in real time, you know, and being able to think back to when like, I wished it would feel this way. And, you know, of course, I still want to do it bigger and better, but like, I could still appreciate like the, what the progress I've made thus far is kind of like the space it's put me in creatively to be able to, you know, if I need like something to make something, it's like, you know, I can use what I earned from like the last thing I did. And I don't have to touch like any of my personal finances. And, you know, having it like that has been like, it spelled pretty nice honestly yeah but um 
that. I mean, life's cool. Just honestly, just looking for a new job, um, really. And yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, everything else has been pretty cool, you know, just trying to stay consistent. Yeah. Awesome, man. That that's exciting. So it, now when you mean when you say sustaining, like you mean like breaking even in terms of like expenses versus revenue that you're making or like actually making a profit at this point or I mean yeah um making a profit but then also being able to like put that back reinvest that into the business yeah yeah to kind of you know keep things flowing yeah um so I'll be honest I haven't crunched like all the numbers in depth to know like what's what with everything but I know that I've been able to make um I've been able to make enough money to where, you know, I can pretty much like feed it back into the business and be able to kind of, you know, so it's like, all right, if I need like a vendor spot somewhere or a table at a convention or, you know, if I need, um, you know, to get some supplies or whatever, it's like the money's there, but it's like, it all comes from the art. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I've like totally broke even yet. I know I have on certain investments, like, um, like the t-shirts I had before, um, I already know at this point that I've definitely like made well over my initial investment in those, um, you know, resource wise, but like, um, for the most part, it's just that like being able to use money from the business to keep it going and, um, just continue to grow. Um, we'll continue to push itself forward in that aspect. Yeah. That's great, man. That 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 really is exciting. Like, I've um gotten the chance to watch um my wife build her art business over the years. Like, she'd only be able to do it part time, you know. Um, it's like we kind of the way we had it broken down. It's like I was working full time and she was staying home with the kids, and you know she fit it in wherever she could, but just slowly built up her client base over the last eight years. And now, this year, we've been able to to go like not quite full time, but like pretty close like where i'm kind of doing the stay-at-home dad thing and she's doing that and but yeah she's gotten a lot of momentum and and um yeah it's exciting to see that it's exciting to see um artists succeed yeah and that's the uh past 14 years i've been able to see my career kind of become malnourished like one of those children in those commercials that you don't want to watch because they want money and you're so sad <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, that one guy. Uh, what was it? Com not Compassion International. Like it was some other. That one you would always see come up on the infomercial is like the same guy, and he always has like a starving child next to him or something. Oh yeah, oh, that's like the most infamous one. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Send the your name. money now to my Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I think that organization got in trouble too because they, they. Oh really? They like. They didn't not enough money from donations was going to the actual kids. <laughs> oh man. It's not good. No, not, um, yeah. not good. I can't think of the name of it. I probably shouldn't say it even if I could, because in case I'm wrong about that. But yeah. Well, cool. Well, you mentioned t-shirts. So um, obviously you've got well, you got a sweatshirt on right now. And uh, yeah. in our in our yeah, so we got the logo minimum wage, squeeze a dream out of dollar. Yeah. Yeah, and guys, um, those of you who are just listening audio on podcast, uh, you can you can see some of this. Uh, I think you. I'm looking right now on your Instagram. You got that logo up here. Yeah. 
So yeah, he, he is at be the influence underscore BMSR guys. So check out his Instagram and then Elijah Miller Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was looking on there. I noticed you had a, I'm not sure if this is new or if it's been up a while and I just didn't notice it last time. Uh, have a nomad t-shirt or the explorer t-shirt. Is that? Oh yeah. New yeah. Or- those have, um, those have been up for a little while now. Um, I haven't updated with any new merch since I haven't done like a full size run of anything yet. I've just been experimenting on my own because um I've been getting like like from the last time I got merch, I've been getting back into like some of the um you know DIY stuff. But um those shirts though, those were like the first shirts I got made um for that I outsource. So um I hit up a screen printer in Greensboro. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, um, his name's Logan Hamilton um, yeah. on Instagram. He has a few Instagrams, but um, I know, like, I think his main art account is Blood Soaked Nib. <laughs> Blood Soaked. I went to look him up. Yeah, he yeah. Was- he, um, he 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 screen printed the, those t shirts for me, and um, you know, it was interesting. You know, when it came to even getting the shirts made, because. I found out about Logan when I was in college. One of my friends told me about him. He went to, Logan went to UNCG. And my homeboy at that time, he told me, he's like, yeah, like you and him are like pretty similar as far as style. Like you are kind of like the counterparts of each other, you know? So I'm like, oh, you know, that's what's up. Um, And then I ended up meeting him at the skate park, um, Latham Skate Park. Yeah. And, you know, we chopped it up and, you know, I used to see him um, a lot at my job at the art store so um one time i hit him and i was just like yo like i'm trying to get some shirts made and you know got it done and you know i honestly couldn't be happier yeah it looks like you did a good job of that i'm looking here at his art yeah it's uh it'll give you nightmares (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely Uh, the type of stuff i like um yeah yeah yeah. i I definitely dig his art a lot man it kind of um kind of how I, I might think about it is like it's, it's like if if your art style and are you familiar with uh hr giger at all from the alien? oh yeah design like the alien yeah. stuff and all that like if, you and, if you and giger had a baby it might be his <laughs> <art style. laughs> that's kind oh, of wow. what it looks like to you know just first glance but yeah that's that's pretty cool very um uh, i like the black and white like he's definitely committed to the black and white oh yeah yeah that's cool though. So, uh, do you sell some of those like when you're out at um, at events or pop ups, or is it all online at this point? Um, most oh, um, most of my most of it still comes from like in in person events. Um, so I'll be honest, there's definitely like new things I need to update my site with. I've just been like honestly kind of lazy when it comes to like the you know taking photos and merchandising, and I even bought a photo box that I have used to some degree, but not as much as I should. So um, that's something I definitely need to do. But, um, you know, on my social media, I still try to let people know, you know, what I have. But in, in at events, like the shirts have definitely started to pick up a little more. You know, it's um, been kind of sporadic with those, but always keep them around because, you know, you never know who'll pick one up. So um, over time, though, I'll say it's definitely been a good investment. Um having everything come out 
um, you know, come out good, but then you put it out to the people and people actually buy it and consume it. And it's like, you know, all right, like, you know, it's definitely like a good feeling. And over time, like I'll say it's definitely paid off, even if they all didn't like sell out in like the first month I got them. It's like, you know, you got to remember to play the long game. And I learned that with art and merchandise and like, that's a thing, you know, it's like, Contrary to popular belief, just because you put it on a t-shirt doesn't mean everyone's going to buy it. Um, No, that's true. you know, unless it's, you know, sometimes the person who tells you you should put it on a t-shirt never buys a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> so, but yeah, over time, like those have definitely done pretty good for me, um, especially when I've been at like bigger events like festivals. Um, I think I saw one or two at the Greensboro Food Truck Festival. Um I had a spot out there and did pretty good. And yeah, it was um it was pretty cool. Um but yeah, that shirts, merchandise, um definitely been like, you know, my bread and butter as far as like um as far as I guess, you know, like, you know, doing vendor events as a side hustle, moving the art. Yeah. Yeah, still got a few of those shirts left though. Like, I think it's only like maybe one, two eggs. I think I have like a couple mediums and like maybe some smalls. So, you know, from the initial run, it feels pretty good to finally see that get thinned out. Yeah, no, that's that's cool seeing people want your stuff. Yeah, see, Oh, yeah. we probably talked about this the the last time I was trying to remember, but uh, I see Nomad pop up a lot. Uh, can you remind us what the significance of Nomad is? So Nomad, um, Nomad is the title for the graphic novel I'm working on featuring the mops, which are the characters I draw with um, the zipper faces um, and the buggy eyes. And that's a series that, um, like, I've been developing the characters since maybe 2015. And I've just started, like, storyboarding. And, um, well, I've been storyboarding for a while, but this year I've actually been putting more pen to paper as far as producing the actual comic and i um i was actually working on a cover for the first um the first comic uh i think i guess it's it could be like a little preview it's on the it's the blue pencil so i don't know if they'll show up as good nice oh yeah that looks really cool uh, thank you yeah yeah so initially um Earlier this year, I was entering a competition through a um an independent like comic book publisher called Saturday AM, um, uh-huh and basically they have this thing called Summer of Manga where people submit pitches for a manga. Um, this was the first year that artists and writers could submit. Before it was just artists, so that was kind of interesting. But um, I pitched it and didn't advance to the next round of the competition. Um, if I did, I would have been paired with the editor and they would have gave like a page count to do a one shot that would have been featured in their, um, they do like a online anthology of comics. So I was aiming for that and it didn't go as planned. So now I kind of have the freedom to do, not just do it myself, but put it out the way I want to, you know? So now my goal is to do like a, Now that I'm not putting it on hold because of that, I want to do at least, you know, like a 20 to 25 page story of an idea that I've storyboarded and thought about for um, 
you know, a decent amount of time this year, you know, just wanted to do like a cool story, you know, front to back, a one shot that can introduce people to the world and the characters. So, um, yeah, I'm actually really excited about that right now. Um, you know, Nomad has been um, some like a brainchild forever. And I think at one point I might have gotten like, um, anxious about possibly messing it up because I've worked on it so long. So now I'm like, all right, like I don't want the first book to suck. And um yeah. It's yeah, it, it's funny because it was actually my girl who pointed out to me. She was like, you know, I like the other comic you do, you know, minimum wage, but she was like, I feel like you're kind of using it as a distraction from Nomad because you don't want to mess it up. And mm. at first I kind of pushed back, but when I thought about it, I was like, you know what, like, you know, she is kind of right because I do think a lot about if, you know, the book, if the first story is not received well, or people don't connect to the characters well, and it's like, well, I've been working on these things for like, what, almost more than 10 years now. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, but, you know, I kind of have to remind myself as a creative, those are the risks we take when we're doing this work. Yeah. And, you know, you know, if it, you know, you just have to do it. And that's kind of what the minimum wage comic was um, for me. I guess segueing into that um, because I went to a panel with the creators from Saturday AM and, you know, they talked about their company and how to submit manga to them. And that's when I kind of had the spark to say, all right, well, let me just see if I could do a short project with like minimal parameters and see if I could produce a good comic or something interesting. And that's where this came through. And it just kind of happened to snowball from there. So while I'm still like, you know, doing both things, like Nomad is definitely something that I want to have out this year. Like I want more people to see the characters in sequential art format. Um, I want people to be able to see what they could do. You know, like I explain, you know, when I'm selling art and print, I explain a lot of what the mops can do and what the Nomad story is about, but giving people something they can pick up and flip through and, you know, really experience it in motion so to speak, is definitely something I'm looking forward to. So hopefully, definitely before the year's over, I can't put an exact date on it, but um, Nomad is definitely coming, though. That's great, man. Yeah. And I know um, when we talked last time, you mentioned kind of as a long-term goal, like having an anthology that you work with that where, you know, you realize that you needed to break it down in this, into manageable segments and time does that still still the plan like long term of like you mentioned like your first one being like 25 i mean i guess in a sense it'd be i guess not quite the same as doing like issues of comics and then having like a trade paperback but maybe a similar similar yeah i mean it's 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 similar i mean definitely like the same format um because i definitely want to have like um you know I definitely want to be able to have like, you know, the coffee table book or like, you know, the artist yeah, edition type thing. Um, so that's definitely like one of the long-term things is being able to compile stories and give people stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for sure. That's definitely um, still my aim with it. Nice. So it's got to be exciting to, to like be making some progress on that and getting getting it out of storyboard onto on the paper and stuff like oh. imagine that feels good 
<laughs> yeah, like it's you know because you know the ideas have to grow. You know, it's like it's cool when they're in the sketchbook and stuff, and you know whatever. But it's like you know you can't just be like a sketchbook superhero. You gotta get out of the book, get onto the paper, get it to the print, get it to the people. You know, the most important things for people to see it. You know, because it's all communication. So. You know, and lately I've just been, you know, the more I put myself out there, the more I see people connecting with it. So I'm like, I know I'm like, all right, if they already connect to it, you know, in these, you know, illustrations or prints, you know, that I have out there, it's like, I know they're going to like it in the, in when I put it in the book form, you know? So yeah, I've just been, um, I don't know, I've just been pretty excited about it, honestly, but yeah, like I... I'm definitely, like, happy to see people already getting, like, you know, into the characters, into the story. Um, you know, I explained the lore, and it it makes sense. So, you know, being able to expand on that, because I think uh, me and a friend, me and one of my good friends the other day, my friend Millen, uh, we were talking about, he asked me, he was like, well, you know, where do mops come from, you know? And I was like, oh, well, you know, they're... Essentially, all of them are born from an uh, inkwell on their home planet. So kind of like the primordial ooze, so to speak. But uh. it's where they spawned from. And their world was pretty much created by a group of mops who would be like, I guess, the ancestors or the initial ones who were born from this inkwell. And each of them used their abilities to create the sections of the planet like the flora the fauna and stuff like that so that's pretty much how their world came to be and he was like you know i've never asked you about the lord before and i'm like well yeah you know i've i've been working on it for a while though it feels good to talk about it and that's when it kind of hit me it's like that's and that's exactly why i need to get this book out because it's like i need to give that to people you know so they can understand you know and even if that information doesn't all come in the first issue, you know, it's like over time you get to expand on these things. So it also, you know, thinking about it that way takes off the pressure of feeling like I have to explain every last thing in this one initial story. Mm. And it's like, you know, just put it out there and give them somewhere to start, you know, it's, and then they can pick up everything else, the Easter eggs and all that stuff later along the way. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That that's something I enjoy, like in storytelling, uh, whether it's TV, movies, comic book world, whatever it might be, novels. I I like um, creators who you kind of jump right into the story, but then kind of organically. I mean, obviously for them it was not necessarily as organic, but in terms of how the reader experiences it, like or the consumer of the the art form, like that you find out the backstory more organically maybe mm. through the eyes of the other characters as well you know and you know i i enjoy that more than someone who tries to just do like info dump this is yeah. the back this is the backstory of the world you know it's like right having it happen more speech bubbles everywhere yeah 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 like i think i don't mind a little bit of that like it, it depends on the the but yeah no it, to, to me like the more organic where you, that that adds some mystery too is like you start to get curious you just drop a little like you said little, the little easter eggs or like and someone's like well wait what about the or where did that come from or you know and then you can flesh it out 
that keeps people interested i feel like so that's cool that's cool oh yeah yeah well well speaking of stories like um um I don't really want to talk some comics like oh yeah I, I imagine that uh, I'm ready for it, this doing it kind of as a as a job like do you do you read much in the comic book world these days or because I know sometimes when you're creating it at least I know that's true for me maybe for you will sometimes too is like you don't always want to read other people's work because you're making your work but uh yeah have you have you read anything recently that's resonated with you or um recently all right. Well, recently there's a few manga titles that I follow pretty closely. Um, I've been going back and rereading some stories that I like, and I've also been getting back. Um, I've actually been getting back into um, comic strips. Um, that was like those were pretty much like the genesis for my comic book consumption growing up. Um, I wasn't reading like a lot of. Um, what is it like um wasn't reading like a lot of you know issues of anything or going to the comic book store or anything like that it was like that sunday paper you know because you know you'd see them in the the weekly paper but the section was smaller but sunday they had the big like two pages yeah it was like front and back so you could read like you know all these comics and you know it was that for um the longest time because you know i'd read like curtis beetle bailey um Brewster Rocket Space Guy, um, Zitz Family Circus, Pearl Before Swine, um, Shoe, I remember that one, um, oh, Garfield, yeah. of course, um, like, you know, so many of them, um, I even remember, like, Judge Parker, and that was, like, um, I don't know, that that felt like a soap opera, it was kind of funny, yeah. <laughs> like, I'd read it, but I would not get the context of anything they were talking about. And the art looked like way more grown up. So I was just kind of, I would read it just because it was there, but I wouldn't really yeah. like connect with it. I think Doonesbury um, was another one kind of like that. Yeah. I think uh, mm. I don't know if you ever saw that in your You said Doonesbury? Doonesbury. It was, oh, yeah. Maybe not quite soap opera, but definitely a little bit more adult. Like, yeah. But the art style is more approachable, though. Yeah. Um, true. You know, because it doesn't feel as serious. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, J- Judge Parker, the art style just made it feel like a serious comic, and I'm just like, eh. <laughs> oh, thanks. I just want you know funny stuff. I think Will would uh, you'd have some sapotico with Will on that. You you prefer more of like the yeah? How would you define it sty- stylistically? Um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Judge Parker art style either, and uh, definitely definitely liking more comedy uh dunes party i think they used a lot of political stuff in there too um i mean i have read that i've read uh berkeley breeze uh bloom county but uh mostly i was a big fan of uh garfield and zits and things like that oh yeah those were and you know it's funny like i didn't understand like because I thought all those stories were cool, but I didn't understand, like, the type of life those creators had to live to make those comics. Because, mm-hmm. um, have y'all watched the documentary Stripped at all? I have not. Well, that sounds it's, interesting. Oh, yeah, it's, um, I heard about it, I heard about it some years ago, because, um, I was watching an artist, Jake Parker, and he was talking about the documentary, because he was talking about Bill Waterson um, from Calvin oh, and Hobbes. Yeah, Bill Waterson. 
Yeah, and how um he's like one of those like kind of elusive figures. But he mentioned the documentary and I rented it on YouTube and watched it. And it's just, you know, all these um comic book artists, I mean comic strip artists um talking about the industry, inspirations, how things work. And I didn't realize like, you know, the daily comic strip artists are drawing comic strips every day. Every day. Um like literally 365 they're drawing and i you know thought it was interesting because it's like i also grew up reading shonen jump and that was a manga anthology but at that time it came in a um, a paperback so you'll read the latest or the next chapter of whatever story was going on before and you know new stuff would come in sometimes stuff would come in and get canceled whatever but with manga the I guess you'd say, I don't want to say the end goal, but it's like the standard of success that's having like a long running series that just goes and goes and goes. Um, regardless of like the issues that some of those stories naturally run into because of writing and things like that, it's like having something that goes for a long time is kind of like treasured. But like the comic strip guys, they were like, you know, they may, you know, in the grand scheme of it, it's an ongoing story because it's a series, but it's like, they're finishing something every day and putting it out like front to back. And it's like, you know, you have four panels to like establish what's going on. You know, you have like the punchline, you know, the setup, the punchline, you know, if it's comedy based or even if it's like situational humor and, you know, you essentially have like a limited window to do this. So it's, uh, I had like a lot more, not more, but like, I had a lot of respect for it, learning that, because it's like, you know, these guys are like finishing something every day, you know, giving it to the, I guess, editor who gives it to the syndicates or whatever, the syndicate that gives it to the newspapers. And, you know, I really have to respect that work ethic as a kid reading the newspaper. I didn't like. Absolutely. I, yeah, I didn't know it all. But now I'm like, yeah, those guys are like probably some of the MVPs of the comic world. And I, yeah. I, I, whether it's a manga artist or a cartoonist, uh, the professionals, I don't know how they do it. You know, they're always consistently creating something every single day. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess, I I guess it's like webcomic. <laughs> so that would be challenging. I, I feel like in some ways that'd be almost a, in the creative sphere. The only thing I can really uh compared to myself as like doing a television show because like even though there is um development prior to like the weekly schedule like this was definitely more true back in the 90s like 80s 90s when you got like 20 to 25 episodes per season and yeah. they're you know so they're they're working like six days a week and the writers are like writing this the stuff for next week's episode like the week before and they're doing like rewrites as they're filming during the week oh, yeah. we only got six days oh. an episode like the entire thing done like you know uh so like it's um heavy heavy schedule but it's like so like every day they're they're working through that and they're jumping back and forth from the writer's room and stuff so yeah that's um but i guess in some sense it's almost like having to do a nine to five job mm. you know it's like yeah so like so it's like year round nine to five. <laughs> yeah, like no breaks. Yeah, no breaks. Now I know some people like I think I heard 
maybe even more so now. Will, you might be more familiar with um, Jim Davis eventually trained right. some other people to like do some of at least the art for him. Like maybe he did like the writing, but then other people did the art. I don't know. Uh, that's I mean, what I've heard anyway, that he's got some ghost artists and whatnot. Uh, I think he's himself retired, but don't take my word for it. We need to look that information up. But Speaking uh, of Jim Davis. Oh, nice. The Garfield Treasury. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got one of these as a gift um, recently from um, nice. an artist. Um, and it was um, pretty, yeah, I don't know, just cool. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Because um, looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm like this guy, like, you know, this guy was really putting in work. Um, just like every day. It's, I don't know, it's interesting thing about now is like every day you're like creating something for this and then, you know, you come out to have like a book four years later or however many years later. Um, but yeah, Jim, Jim Davis is definitely um, definitely one of like the go-tos, man. Garfield just, yeah. Yeah, I think that was um, maybe similar for you, Will, but that was definitely my first comic love was was garfield like yeah man too i wanted to correct myself right quick it says here that by 2022 davis who is 76 years old continues supervising the production of garfield comic strips he has no plans to retire okay so he's not necessarily doing all the art himself but he is supervising yeah still, so he's our executive producing maybe use <laughs> <laughs> a movie term um but yeah, I mean Garfield obviously, you know, it's one of the one of the few, I guess, of the the daily comic strips, the weekly that that took off and diversified in its mediums too, where you had the the TV specials and the yeah. Eventually, the, I, I still haven't seen the full movies like with Bill Murray. Oh, really? You I, haven't? I have not. No. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I guess, I yeah. guess after after um, Lorenzo yeah. Music died. I think he died, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Yeah, and like to me, that was my Garfield, you know, from like Garfield and Friends and like the all the specials. I'm assuming you've probably seen a, some of them yourself. Like, uh, but it's pretty cool how that yeah. caught on. Whereas some of the others, like, I don't know that I can't think of like say Calvin and Hobbes or Baby Blues or Pearls. I don't know that any of those have ever gotten like an animation treatment. Bloom County did. Did it? I know like Dil a Christmas special. And Dilbert, Dilbert, Dilbert yeah. did. Dilbert had mm. a, a TV show series. for a bit. Mm. But no, that's cool. Like, yeah, not many. Yeah, nothing blew up quite as big as Peanuts and Garfield. Yeah, Peanuts, yeah. Uh, sure. Calvin and Hobbes could have blow, blew up, but Bill Larson really was against it. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to keep it comics only. Yeah, like, he, nah. he didn't want to be a sellout. Mm. Larson course there's a lot of money in selling out but oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm definitely trying to man <laughs> i'm definitely trying to sell out everything off the show <laughs> sell it off like yeah oh man lunch it's boxes a, <laughs> it's a good it's a good business Let's model do it. too <laughs> yeah have some uh minimum wage pencils and some nomad hoodies and <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, that hmm, that might be kind of cool Actually, well, hoodies, I, I definitely want to do hoodies, but pencils out actually be cool. Um, oh man, so, <laughs> that would be funny. I'm just, um, I'm just imagining a, a zip up hoodie where 
your character's face is right in the middle of where the zipper goes. Hey, that's a cool idea. Through oh, yeah. Mouth. No, you can like, zip it all the or way. Or I could put, it, put yeah. it on the face and go oh, yeah. all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. you could even have a hoodie up there. Let's... <laughs> yeah. Might, might do that for the kids. Have like the ears and the eyes on there and it goes all the way up. Um, there's some hoodies like that that are popular when I was yeah. growing up. This one brand made like zip all the way up. <laughs> Crazy all over print. But um, yeah, that definitely. Um, but that's the thing, though, is like um, when you look at how different comics like kind of grow from the initial paper, it's crazy because it's like, you know, like, for example, this comic that I grew up reading that I mean, a lot of people know this comic Bone, like Bone is like, you know, and especially going back to reread it, like, you know, looking at Jeff Smith's art, like we got some books in the house. Um, my mom bought the Tukey book. Um I think it's a quest for fire, which is like one of his newest things. And she also got the uh -huh. wrestle book that he did too, which I haven't read yet, but like, um, you know, bone is just like pretty pivotal for me, like art wise. And a lot of the inspiration for how I want to draw nomad really does come from bone. Um, the characters, the mops, they're not based off the bone characters, but they're inspired by, the thing I love about the characters from that comic is that their designs are so painfully simple, yet still, um, yet that makes them canvases for like expression and personality. And you see the three bone cousins all like very different in how they think and rationalize and how they look at things. Yet, you know, their base designs are just like so simple, like they're, you know, straight up cartoony. And, you know, in characters, you know, especially in comics, like, I think that's great to have a character that's so simple, so recognizable, yet so personable. And that's inspired, like, the design for the mops and, you know, just the way he draws, like, you know, the world, like, the characters, you know, the way they interact with things, like, um, just, you know, I love the way he draws scenery, like, the way he draws animals, backgrounds the way he illustrates space in certain um, scenes where he wants to show you how big, like, something is. Um, you know, so so many things he does, you know. Like, you know, really, like, to me, kind of like true cartooning, you know, just how he draws, man. And, like, yeah, that's definitely, like, um, you know. But it's crazy because I'm like, you know, that comic, I've only ever seen it as a book. I've never seen any bone animation, any right. anything. And I'm like, I feel like it you know, a story that's so big with the lore that's so deep, you know, I'd love to watch that in an animated format. Actually, you know? there is a Bone video game, but it got... Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they did the Great Cow Race. Oh. Um, yeah. I think. So, they got the beginning of the story, but the it got cancelled. I've got one or two episodes from Telltale Games. Um... But yeah, it didn't last. I'm I'm not sure why it got canceled. Maybe uh, Jeff Smith didn't like how it was going. Oh, dude! Uh, so he's gonna be down in Charlotte. Oh, uh, in the, at the Heroes Con. I was just looking at his website here. Oh June, wow! June sixteenth, eighteenth. Yeah. Oh man. So we've That's got wild. less than a minute, and then we'll probably be back. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna pause. Uh, you gotta you got a few more minutes to to spare, Elijah, and then we'll. Oh, yeah.
we would love to find out who is on the other side of the microphone. There are multiple options by which you can connect with us. Our Instagram handle is at irreverent underscore nerds. We are on Facebook and YouTube as simply the irreverent nerds. Makes sense, right? And of course, we are on your podcast app. If you listen on Spotify, scroll down through the episode description and you will see a question. What did you think of this episode? We welcome your feedback, including your constructive criticism. We also post episode-specific polls and questions from time to time on Spotify, so please feel free to jump in and give us your two cents. All right, nerds, I've talked enough. Let's get back to this week's episode. back here with the light thanks for sticking with us nerds so we were talking about jeff smith uh before we left and uh he's gonna be down here in heroes con in uh north carolina and that one i guess that one in the raleigh convention are probably the two biggest ones in this state i would think yeah Uh, i think so too probably i mean it makes sense those are also the two biggest cities so (laughs) yeah gotta have some type of pool it's not really a great um, convention up here. I don't think really. There's the what? There's one. I think there's one in Green Greensboro, right? Like a Guilford Comic Con or something, or like, uh, right. Well, there was no, uh, there was a convention at the uh, Guilford College. What the hell, Con? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I do remember going to that at least once or twice with you. Yeah. There's like there's like small cons that pop up here and there, but nothing like um on like the heroes con level. No. Yeah. Um, there is like Eastgate, which is in High Point, but like still like close to Greensboro. Didn't they just have Eastgate recently? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that hosted by um? Isn't there like a comic book store called that too down there, like Eastgate? I believe so. I, I follow them on on her rare nerds account, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, but but yeah, Jeff Jeff Smith. Yeah, um, I know we I know we talked some last time about him being an, an influence for you, and like you were, you were mentioning that again. Yeah. Um, um, I think what would be um like of his, I guess, story arcs. Like, what would be one of your favorites of of his? Like, and the so he's been doing it quite a long time, right? Yeah. Since oh. the 90s. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, like, because I think, um, I think for Bone, like, um, because it's, I mean, it's a real interesting story. And I think, um, I mean, the Great Cow Race was great, but the first thing I ever read from Bone was like the Rock, rock Jaw Master of the Eastern Border, where they meet like this huge mountain lion. Oh yeah, it was like you know, getting in their way on the quest, and um, although I can't remember all the details now, I'd probably say that was like, um, my favorite one, just as like you know, the introduction to the world, um, because it was just like you know, seeing them, seeing these crazy looking creatures, and you know, everything that was going on, like, it was definitely like a really interesting story, um. So I guess like that's probably my favorite just because that's the first thing that introduced me to his work. Um I remember the ghost circles. I remember that 
Um, that and that was like I think that was near the end of the series, and that was like kind of scary because it was like oh, like you know, like the stakes are up now. It's like it, it like it was like one of those um, points in the story where it felt like you know, yo, anybody could die here. Like even the main characters could get touched here. You know, like the way things were happening. So like that one was pretty interesting just because of how high the stakes were and how at that point how deep we were into the lore and how many like reveals kind of led us to the point of understanding what was going on um so that might be like maybe my second favorite because that one was just like the tone has shifted like things got more serious and you were really worried for the characters like i was really you know like you're on the edge of your seat like flipping the pages because you don't know what's going to happen next to anybody um and it was definitely, I think, at its peak with, like, the supernatural aspects of the series and how those were kind of overlapping into the main story. Um, so, yeah, that one, because, you know, everything had pretty much built to that point. So, I don't know. Actually, that that might be my favorite one now that I think about it. It's like the Ghost Circles was just like a crazy um, arc in the bone story. Um, but, yeah, like, that was... Um, yeah, that was probably like that's probably my favorite one actually because that that was like really sick as far as like the storytelling and um everything that led up to it. Yeah, and they did kill off one of the main characters, not the sport for Richard. I forget the character's <laughs> name though. Um, but uh, that was sad. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, it it's I don't know, man. It's like um. So I'm trying to remember who I think I know who it was. I just don't like I don't want to spoil it, but like um I think I think I remember who it was, but I mean nevertheless though it's like yeah, it because at that up until that point you never really got the feeling that could happen. Um, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, like, well, you know, this is what this is, you know, what we're doing now. Um, that's the interesting thing in comics when like you get to the point of like characters actually dying and then it's like oh well you know things just got real nice I was looking at the <clears throat> looking at the timelines on Wikipedia it looks like he his original like his very first volume came out in 1991 okay like. so I was off uh, years I, I thought he started in the late 80s like his last one was 2004 so he hasn't done anything since 2004 is that right or am i looking at this no no that's just that's just bone he's done other works like razzle oh yeah yeah okay so he hasn't done a bone um publication since 2004 well there's been some spinoffs but i'm not very familiar with those um there was one book um it was um it's basically like an extra bone chapter and then the rest of it is like um the backstory of like him doing bone and like his history and stuff um is it, i believe it was called coda and it was about the bone brothers bone cousins leaving the valley and it's just like kind of a short story of like their experience um going back home or at least part of their trip back home and then the rest of it is like um more like autobiography or, or you know more background stuff with like jeff smith and the history of the story which i mean pretty good read though for sure 
Nice. Yeah, I was just looking at the there's a page on ghost circles here on Wikipedia as well, like talking about the synopsis, end times, the promise, darker truths, snap, crackle, pop, the root cellar, and prayer stones are like the headers. Or the <laughs> those that... might be the chapters in the ghost circles book. Uh, okay, okay, nice. It's been a while since I've read it. Yeah, just a little bit. It, it does sound that does sound interesting. I, I like uh, I like fictional stories that that uh, that do have some mystery, supernatural elements like that. Yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I think a good portion of the stuff I'm reading right now is somewhat based in supernatural affairs. Um, like um, Jujutsu Kaisen. I've been reading that. Um, I've been following that one very closely. Um, actually, I just read the chapter for that today, and it's just like I don't know. Like it's it's a comic that's definitely um. It's definitely been like thoroughly entertaining and like just following it as long as I have now and seeing where it's gone is just like very cool. Um because I feel like it's a good mashup of stuff other comics from that genre, you know, because you know, you get notes of bleach, you get notes of Yu Yu Hakusho, you get notes of um what else? Like there's you know, there's a few things that even a little bit of Hunter Hunter. Um with the technicality of like their power system. Um, but like I've been I've definitely been enjoying reading that. Um I can't remember exactly when it came out, maybe three years ago, maybe four. Because it feels like it's been a while now. But um, you know, which also, you know, it kind of reminds me of being a kid because you know, I got the Shonen Jump apps. I just read whatever comics, you know, when they come out. But um that one, um I was, what else have I been reading? I was into a little bit of, um, a little bit of Chainsaw Man. I started watching some of that and I started reading some of that. It was pretty cool. But um, yeah, like um, Jujutsu Kaisen, that was definitely probably one of the, like my most, um, what is it? Um, definitely like comics I keep up with the most. That's definitely one of them. Um, you know, and like, you know, I just love the supernatural aspects, you know, they're fighting demons, cursed spirits, um, you know, they're fighting, you know, curse users, other, like, you know, evil sorcerers and things like that. And, you know, and right now it's at like a pretty high stakes point in the story. Um, I don't know. I mean, at this point, that's the thing with reading manga versus watching anime, like you just become like a walking spoiler. For anybody who's like <laughs> only watch the anime because i'm thinking of all this stuff and i'm like well dang like anybody who watches this interview that's only watched season one of the anime like i could <laughs> oh man like i could just destroy all that for you like <laughs> yeah which actually uh that's um like we'll be talking about that actually next week uh that's uh we got a guest another guest coming on oh we do uh yeah zach hutchinson i don't think you've met him yet but um yeah, my he's my barber actually, but he's just he's really into anime. So we'll talk about that sometimes when I'm there getting my haircut. And um I was asking him what he really likes, uh, what he's enjoying watching right now. And two of the ones he mentioned we've already done episodes on, like Demon Slayer, mm-hmm. did an episode on a while back. And then um what was the other? Oh, 
Um, oh, yeah. Um, dang it. <laughs> that one that Dan Johnson came on. Oh, this, of course. Uh, yes. My uh, Hero Academia. That yeah, was, I was watching a little bit uh, myself today. Yeah, so those... Um, but this he mentioned Jujutsu Kaisen as well as one that he's been enjoying. So uh, we'll probably be doing the episode on that next week on the anime. Um, oh, yeah. Which I have not seen any of it yet. I got to get uh, caught up on the first few episodes at least. So I know somewhat what I'm talking about. Have, have you watched much of it at all? Not yet. Jujutsu Kaisen? I yeah. haven't. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a pretty, I say it's a pretty good watch. I was actually thinking about rewatching it um today because i know like they dropped trailers for the second season so that's definitely definitely something i'm anticipating um because there's a lot of like um there's a lot of things from the comic that you'll find people finally get to see in that season and it also kind of directly ushers you into like the end game of the story essentially or at least the beginning of it um but it's like yeah it's definitely i mean the comic that i've been like happy about every time something happens with it like you know when the anime came out uh when the movie came out you know i was like you know happy for that um because the movie's a prequel that's adapted from a prequel comic ah that's that's actually like directly canon with everything that happens. So that's which you know it doesn't always happen like that because sometimes anime movies are just like spinoffs. But lately, I've started to see more where they actually do tie into the story, like um, like Demon Slayer with the Demon Train movie, like that. You know, I remember when I was reading Demon Slayer, like you know that's an actual story arc. So you know, from season one to two and three, like continuity wise, it just goes pretty seamlessly. But um, yeah, um, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, Kaiju number eight is another one I've been reading. That's pretty cool. Um, it's about a guy who, I guess, long story short, he works as a cleanup guy, like a janitor, um, because essentially there's this group of people called the Defense Force who protect the city against Kaiju and giant monsters. And his sister is actually like one of the highest ranking officers in the defense force, but essentially he's a custodian and, you know, the group of people he works with, they clean up the dead monsters and the debris after the battle. But, um, through events, um, that I can't exactly remember, you basically realize he develops the ability to turn into a monster himself. Um, and, you know, he ends up joining the defense force and helping them fight against different monsters and kaiju. And that's when I've been into a lot because like the art style feels a lot different from a lot of manga that I read. And I love like the creature designs, like I love the monsters, um, you know, as well as like the action too. But lately I've definitely been enjoying like good creature design in mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. Um that's something that I, I don't know, sometimes I've just kind of like been grown to appreciate more. Like, you know, I love when people can do like cool figures and humanoid characters, but, um, you know, seeing like good monsters and creatures, it's definitely something um, I appreciate in comics for sure. Um, and especially in um, Kaiju number eight, you know, and plus there's just not that many Kaiju comics either. 
Um, I mean, in general, I know like you have IDW, they have Godzilla and, you know, that whole, they everything licensed, but like, it's, I haven't seen a lot of like original kaiju based comics. Um, maybe I'll, tr I'll do something like that in the future, but like, I definitely enjoy being able to read stuff where, you know, monsters and creatures definitely have like, you know, take up some agency in what's going on. Yeah, you know, good good creature design, man. It's pretty tight. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So, um, and One Punch Man, been reading that. And their monsters actually have cool designs, too. So, yeah. And that new chapter, that actually just dropped today, too. Is that, so, through, yeah. is that through Shonen Jump, or is that through a different... Um, through Shonen Jump, um, so I have the app. I mean, of course, like, you know, you can go online and read it, like, you know, half a week early if you, you know, you know the right sources to go to. But nowadays, I just wait and get read it on the app because I, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, I just like, you know, supporting the official releases at this point. Like, I've definitely yeah. pirated my share of manga in my time, like most people. But um, unless it's a story that I just don't have direct as access to that I really want to read, I'll just, you know, look at it on the jump app. Um, cause there's definitely some comics that I, I do have to read that way. Cause I can't just go, cause, like, you know, it's not publishing jump. So, you know, it's not coming through like, um, record of Ragnarok that actually got an adaptation on, um, what was it? Netflix, but like that one's pretty cool. Um. It's basically gods decide that they want to end humanity and a Valkyrie comes up with a plan to assemble a team of the strongest fighters of humans from throughout history to fight in a tournament against the gods. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so that's a um, really good read. It's um, it's a Senin manga, so the art style is like a little more mature, you know, you know, still cool to look at, but not necessarily as like graphic or stylized as others are but you know still really cool artwork and um you know really fun story you know tournament style you know you're watching these crazy battles and you know it's um yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting like you know you get to see like jack the ripper fight hercules you know like it's very interesting but it's like the thing that gives the humans the edge in the battles is that the valkyries um, I forgot what the word for it is, but basically the Valkyries transform themselves into weapons that the humans fight with. So they have like divine tools that uh -huh. fit their own strengths um, and allow them to fight, um, you know, against the gods. Like, um, like, you know, like you get to see Adam fight Zeus. And that's like one of the best fights by far in the comic. I mean, everything from the art to you know, the build-up, the end of it, it's, um, and it's only the second fight out of the whole tournament, and it's literally one of the best written and, like, you know, best drawn. Um, so that, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a comic that, another comic that I really like. Um, I haven't read, like, the latest of it, but, like, that one is, like, I don't know, that one's just, like, a real treat, you know? Lots of action, you know, good story, not too dense. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I find myself I need I need to get a subscription to Shonen Jump because 
it's a, it's a good deal too, right? Like it's like what two or three dollars a month or something I like think that. So yeah, it's it's not crazy. Yeah, it's like you go to like if you want to get Marvel or DC, you know, or Comicsology or something, it's at least ten dollars a month, I think, for each. Um, you get access to a lot. Obviously, I think it's like almost the full. I don't know if canons are the right word. So I guess it's a little, maybe a little catalog, maybe catalog, catalog. Is a I guess. Word. Um, but um, but yeah, no. Dan Johnson was putting a plug for that too. Yeah, our friend Dan, who uh, who actually wrote for, he used to write for Dennis the Menace, right? He used to write gags and stuff for Dennis the Menace. Yeah, the Daily Comic. So, oh, uh, hey, he gave me twelve bucks, told me to go get six months worth of Shonen Jump, and I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, procrastinating. And yeah. that happens to the best of us. I haven't gotten much into. I've read a few mangas over the years, so just every now and then I'll pick one up from um, McKay's from time to time, like uh, here in town. And um, but I have been reading a lot more more comics in the last few years. And uh, our like uh, the Forsyth County. I don't know about the Greensboro Central Library, but the uh, like Forsyth County's Central Library. They have a really good um, trade paperback col- uh, collection. It's like right up front when you first walk into, and whoever curates it does a really good job. It's just there's a nice mix of kind of your more common ones, you know, like your Marvel, your DCs, and stuff. But then they they do a they pepper in quite a few uh, indie comics as well, or like kind of like like produced by some of the main publishers but kind of in indie style you know kind of like uh was it dc black label that kind of stuff like uh yeah like i I can't think of the title of it now but i read this really cool uh horror comic put out by dc black label not too long ago and um it was a really original story and just very engaging like i found it so much more interesting than anything i had read in marvel or dc recently which I know Dan Johnson kind of bemoans the what he views as the the down downhill movement of Marvel DC. <laughs> oh yeah, he's well, talked I, about that quite a bit. I definitely know he bemoans uh, the fact that it's not child friendly like it used to be. Now that that I, I mean time. I'm not a child, so that I don't really care about. I just, <laughs> I just want a good story. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like. Um, uh, you don't like reading about Captain America becoming a Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. But yeah. Hell Hydra. Hydra. <laughs> well, uh, Ledger, uh, we're coming up on, on our hour here, so we should probably wrap this up. But uh, hey, man, thanks for thanks for coming on again and uh, kind of updating us on on your life and your, your art and stuff and uh, talking comics with us. Oh, yeah, man. No problem at all. We really appreciate it. And uh, as, as we say to our nerds every week, until next time, live long and prosper. Sayonara. Hey. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> all right. See y'all. Thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome, man. Thank you. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Irreverent Nerds Podcast. If you would, consider following us on Instagram. We are there at 
irreverent underscore nerds. You can also hit us up on Facebook. Just look us up there at The Irreverent Nerds. That's our fan page. We have a YouTube channel as well. Once again, The Irreverent Nerds. Nice and simple, right? And if you go to www.irreverentnerds.com, that will send you to our podcasters for Spotify, formerly anchor.fm profile where you can send us a voice message if you want to support us financially or listen to the podcast it will also direct you to other places you can listen like spotify apple google stitcher you name it so like comment subscribe follow all those good things wherever you find us wherever you listen to us we would greatly appreciate it until next time nerds live long and prosper avengers assemble I'm Batman.